0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with H-O-W-C Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. But this man, Jesus, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that cometh unto God by him seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. Jesus is the intercessor. Therefore, those who have Jesus in their hearts, living and breathing and having his way in them, will have a heart of intercession also. They will intercede for others, not being willing that any should perish, but that all souls would come to repentance. Jesus came not to condemn, but to save. We ought to have a heart to do the same. Yes, sin must be identified and rejected, but when others miss it, or have yet to receive the revelation of the truth given to us by Jesus, then we need to intercede for them. The greatest ministry in the kingdom, and one that we are all called to, is intercession. Paul told Timothy that before he and his church did anything to first pray and intercede, Before you war, before you plan, before you preach, teach, and sing before man. Before you work and labor in vain. Before you do anything, bow down and pray. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, we read this instruction. I exhort, therefore, that at first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. When we look at intercession, we have to look at the intercessor, and when we read Jesus's prayer of intercession to the Father for us in John chapter 17, the part that stands out to me right now is verse 9 where he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are mine. You see, my friend, John chapter 17 is a beautiful, inspiring, and touching piece of biblical history. This was Jesus' actual prayer to the Father for his followers, both then and to come. When we think of Jesus praying, we often think of the Our Father, but it's important to remember that the Our Father was not actually Jesus praying. The disciples had asked Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus gave the Our Father as an illustration or instruction in how we ought to pattern our prayers. For example, in the Our Father, He shows that we need to express thanks and worship to pray for forgiveness of our sins and trespasses, to acknowledge our forgiveness of others, submit to God's will, and cry out for His return. These are all principles that our prayer life should readily consist of, but are not things that He Himself needed to pray in that moment. Jesus prayed to the Father for Himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, crying out for mercy and submitting to the Father's will. Then he prayed for strength and was strengthened for the trial that was to come. However, in John chapter 17, we see something completely different. We see Jesus not praying in a teaching mode or in a petition for help or strength or in seeking for wisdom, which we should all do daily. But John chapter 17 specifically is a prayer of intercession. We see Jesus praying a genuine prayer to the Father for us. Those who have believed in Jesus' words and have come to salvation and restoration to the Father through the atoning blood of Jesus now have Jesus as their high priest. This means that Jesus himself intercedes on their behalf. And this chapter is a glimpse into that eternal intercession. But hold on for a minute. The scripture tells us that Jesus is our high priest. In other words, the head of all the other priests. But it doesn't stop there. It also says that we who are the redeemed? Are all priests under his order? Also, we read in Revelations chapter one verse five that from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God, his Father. Unto him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. So then, if we are all priests also, then what is our job? A portion of that answer can be found in the passage that we read before in Jesus' prayer in verse 9, when he tells us that he prays for his followers, but not for the world. Do you understand the very minute elements of what he is saying? You see, as high priest, Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us, his priest, and then his priest, we, the redeemed, live to make intercession for the lost. That's why in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, we are exhorted that before anything to give prayer and supplication and thanksgiving for all men. While we do help to bear the burden of Christ in praying for the saints, We also exclusively carry the mandate to pray without ceasing for the lost. The Bible is very clear that except for the prayer of repentance, God does not hear the prayers of a sinner. However, if you are a saved, sanctified, blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled child of God, then he does hear yours. Therefore, you can intercede on their behalf. In other words, They can't stand boldly before the throne of grace to make their petition or plea for mercy, but you can, so do it for them, for the fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. For we read in John chapter 9, verse 31, now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. This is the importance of being in right standing and in agreement with God and his will and his purposes that you might have power in intercession. So redeemed mothers, pray for your unsaved children, for the Lord hears you. Godly fathers, pray for your ungodly leaders, the Lord hears you. Sanctified church, pray for the apostate church, for the Lord hears you. Christian families, pray for your community. The Lord hears you. Saints of the living God, pray for the lost. The Lord hears you. Pray and keep praying for them, even as Christ keeps praying for you. This is the commission that we have been given as priests in God's kingdom Joel chapter 2 verse 17 tells us this, Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land, and pity his people, our job is to weep and to weld between the porch and the altar in prayer and intercession, never ceasing to quit praying and pleading on behalf of the lost, the straying, and the dying. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you, my friend. But we are still here because we have a job to do in making intercession for the lost. He's called you to pray for the lost. I think a very good visual demonstration of having a heart for someone else's situation can be gleaned from Luke chapter 5, verse 18, where we read, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he had once laid, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were yet filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. So I would ask you this, when you pray for someone else's situation, is it with a heart of desperation? How dire are you to get that petition to the throne room of grace. When was the last time you caused a scene and maybe even got some Pharisees uncomfortable pressing through to get someone else's breakthrough? I love the image given in this passage of these friends. Someone they cared about was unable to stand on his own two feet. He was unable to fight through for his own need. He was wounded, feeble, and weak. So his friends caused a scene to bring his need to the king. This to me is such a beautiful picture of intercession. Total abandon of self to help someone else. No fetters of tradition. No callous indifference because of selfish ambitions, no concern for reputation. They were willing to make a commotion to get to Jesus for the sake of one that had not the strength to pursue him himself. So I ask you again, when was the last time you tore the roof off for someone else's prayer request? When is the last time you prayed the heavens down? When is the last time you made some church folk uncomfortable by your passion, pursuit, and determination to break through? When is the last time you looked like a fool, received ridicule, was lied about or slandered for the sake of selflessly pursuing the physical, spiritual, or emotional healing of another? When is the last time you caused a scene to bring someone else's need before the king? When is the last time you interceded? Isaiah 53, verse 2 says, This therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors for it. And he bare the sins of many and made intercession for their transgressions. Oh, Father, equip us today with this spirit of intercession. Lord, let us feel your heart, how it aches and breaks for your bride, how she rejects you, Lord, in pride how she runs to every other thing and tries to figure things out on her own, how she chooses to work in the field, alone but Lord you have made yourself available to us that through you we can fully go to the throne of grace and make petitions for the lost Lord bring them in then this final season we are praying for a mighty in time harvest Lord we're not gonna try to figure this thing out on our own we're not gonna trust in the works of our hands we're gonna cry out to you who can do all things nothing is too hard for you therefore nothing shall be too hard for those who truly believe because they will petition you and you will hear from heaven and you will answer their prayers when they're prayed in unity with your spirit. Father, let us feel the hearts of others. Let us feel the aching and the breaking and the pain and the lowliness. Give us more discernment so that we will know how to pray for them. Lord, I pray for compassion to come upon the body of Christ, that they would remember that when part of the body is hurting, the whole body feels it. Oh, Lord, let it fuel their prayers and their compassion like it did yours even while you yourself were suffering. You still prayed for us, for the sinful and the undeserving. Let that same heart that was in you be in us, that we might be a reflection for those who need to see a glimpse of the real Jesus, not the one they've been sold in the media, but the one that poured out his blood to redeem us.